the Remarkable People Podcast. Check it out. The Remarkable People Podcast. Listen, do, repeat for life. Hello, friends. I'm David Pasqualone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Remarkable People Podcast. In this episode, we are talking with our friend and brother in Christ, Kirk McCarley. In this episode, Kirk goes deep and wide, taking us through the journey of his life. He's going to help us to not only uncover our passion or focus in on our passion, but he's going to help us learn how to overcome the fear of death, to get out of depression, how to use exercises and other techniques to leverage the positivity. And then he's going to take us through his journey. We got heart attacks in here. We have reverse engineering. We have after death, what happens? We have all sorts of stuff. Like most of our episodes, again, deep and wide, deep and wide. I got that backwards. If you're watching, my hands are totally opposite there. But this episode, enjoy your time with Kirk. Reach out to him. Reach out to me if you need help. And like our slogan says, don't just listen to these episodes, but do the good in them. Repeat it every day so you can have a great life in this world and then the eternity come. So I'm David Pasqualone. This is Kirk. Enjoy this episode of the Remarkable People podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, before we get into this remarkable episode, I can't believe I forgot. We have remarkable sponsors. Our sponsors pay fees to be featured on our show so we can bring you the content. This is evergreen content, so you can listen to it now or 10 years from now. It's always going to be applicable because all we're trying to do is take God's truth and bring it to you in a way that helps you grow and glorifies him. And our sponsors foot the bill. Now, as the show, I won't allow any sponsors on the show that I don't believe in, anybody that would hurt you. So when you hear our sponsors, you should be confident that they're going to give you great service. And if they don't, let me know. But as far as this week's sponsors, we have two remarkable sponsors. First, Pam Heinel Real Estate. Out of all the realtors we've worked with over the years, we have a lot of friends. We must have three dozen friends across the country who are realtors. Right here in Pensacola alone, we must have a dozen. But Pam is one of the best. Pam can negotiate. Pam can find property. Pam can stage property. That's when you're selling, make it look great. She is just such a well-rounded agent, broker agent. So if you're looking to buy, sell, trade, or get a vacation rental, talk to Pam. We talk about her almost in every other episode, and there's a reason. She's a great godly woman. She's amazing at what she does, and she sponsors the show. So if she supports us, let's support her. The next remarkable sponsor we have is, drum roll please, Samaritan Insurance. Samaritan is a plan I've been using for 10 years, and it's a traditional insurance. No, it's like a co-op where we all pay a certain amount of money each month, 
And then if we have to go to the doctor for a broken arm, we will pay a certain amount of money for that instance, not the doctor. And then if we had to go to the ER, to the doctor, to a specialist, to surgery, you just pay your monthly agreed upon amount. And then you pay that small, I'm talking like three or $400, and then everything else is covered. So look into Samaritan Ministries, samaritanministries.org. Check out, click the link in the show notes. And I've personally used it with my family for years. It's the best insurance I've had. And it sure beats the Obama Don't Care Plan or the Unaffordable Care Act. So I'm David Pasqualone. PamHeinel.com, SamaritanMinistries.org. Now check out this amazing, remarkable episode with our friend and brother in Christ, Kirk. Hey, Kirk, how are you today, brother? I am well, Dave, and you? Man, I'm fantastic, and I'm looking forward to today's remarkable interview. I've already told our guests about you, and they're excited to hear your story. So at this time, like our listeners know, we're just going to go through the format of tell us about how God formed you, what shaped your life, your childhood, your teen years, move into your you know young adult and then adult, bring us to where you are today, and then show us where you're going in the future. That way we can learn from you, and then we can help you get to your goals. Easy, right? Easy peasy. Let's do it. Yeah. So let's start off just the bat. How did you, what was your upbringing like? Where did you grow up? You know, kind of how did you form? I'm a native Texan. I was born in Fort Worth and grew up there. Uh, Two-parent family. Had an older sister, much older sister, who teased me relentlessly when I was growing up. But that was a little bit of my uh, upbringing at that point in time. Went to elementary, middle, and high school in Texas as well. And kind of some intersections throughout the course of my life. When I was probably seven or eight years old, Dave, I was so bad in sports that the first grade teacher and the principal called my parents in and said, McCarley parents, you need to work with this kid. He's horrible. He's uncoordinated. Give the kid a break because he's really not doing well from the physical aspect of things. So the sacred intersection for that occurred when I was about nine years old and got involved in a peewee basketball league at that time. Classmate introduced that to me and I found a sport that I really fell in love with and enjoyed. I wasn't any good at it, but I had a lot of perseverance, a lot of dedication. My dad hung a goal up in the driveway and I started shooting baskets and playing fantasy games against myself and keeping statistics about that because I always enjoyed math. And one thing I learned about basketball and then other sports is there's a mathematical aspect of it which resonated with me. I improved my skills and abilities and was good enough to to make the teams when I got to high school and became pretty good at that. But throughout that time, still had an affinity towards the statistical aspect of not just basketball, but baseball, football as well. And 
Back in those days, there weren't calculators that existed, except for the ticker tape atom up types that the CPAs and the accountants had. So what I would find myself doing is longhand division to try to figure out a batting average, completion out of number attempts, purchases, and look at those as an indicator for what future performance of a player was going to be. What can you do with that? Not much except for yourself. Fast forward then to college, went to the University of North Texas, where I met my wife. I also joined a fraternity and had some fraternity brothers who were very interested in sports, just as I was. We were the type of guys in these pre-cable days that would sit around in the basement of our apartment, and we, were, we would overdub the play-by-play announcers. They would make a comment, and we would usually make a smart aleck comment in rebuttal to that. But my role in that was to provide statistics. A player would come up to bat, and he's at 320 now. If he gets a hit, he's going to go up to 346. If he doesn't get a hit, that's going to diminish his average, and he's going to be at 308. So they would toss to me for statistical analysis. We eventually graduated. One of those roommates went on to get a job in sports broadcasting. And in the late 1980s, we're still in Texas, my wife and I, getting ready to build our family at that time. And he was given an opportunity to work with Southwest Conference football, which uh, is no longer. It disbanded in 1995. But at that point in time, teams like Baylor and Houston, who played Saturday night in the Final Four, were in that league. So we did football and basketball with the Southwest Conference. And I finally found something that I could apply the statistical know-how to. Along those same lines, I had a regular job. I was an HR executive, HR director in both public and private sectors and continued to work in in Texas municipalities and local governments throughout that time. We had our two kids along that time. We adopted both of them. And a job opportunity came up in 2001, which took us away from Texas and moved us to St. Louis, still in human resources. I continued to work in Southwest Conference until the time that the conference disbanded when we moved over to an upstart network known as ESPN2. And we were the first play-by-play broadcasting team for that network. Now, if you look at the ESPN bibliography, there are 12, 15, I don't know how many different networks and sport magazines and apps that go along with it. But this is in the pre-online computer days, so it was pretty unsophisticated compared to now back then. Yeah, and I don't so, know which continue. one I, I don't know which one I personally like better because sometimes I'm trying to find a fight and I don't know which station it's on. There's so many to choose from. That's probably ESPN boxing or UFC or something along those lines, which there's got to be a network for that. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like you're watching a fight and it's like, well, the early prelims are on this channel and the, the prelims are on this channel and now you're on pay-per-view, so pay. And then after that, if you want to watch a post-conference, <laughs> go back to the 37th one. It's just crazy. They got to they gotta figure that one out. It is. And I've got a story a little bit later on of how I got ESPN Plus by necessity, but that's for a little bit later. Nice. Well, keep going. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just joking around. No, not at all. Thank you for your 
comment and question. Continue to work with ESPN and continue to work in HR through the early part of this millennium. And then in uh, late 2008, when my running career was over, because that was my form of exercise, I ran into a guy who said, hey, Kirk, why don't you come join us for a spinning class? And so developed some interest in that. And uh, pretty soon there's a 75-year-old guy that's spinning alongside of me named Bob. And Bob said, Kirk, we could teach this class. Let's go get certified. So it birthed another interest. And so Bob and I became certified spinning instructors. We both still do that. Bob doing it now at the age of 91. And uh, he's a remarkable individual in and of wow. himself. Wow, 91. And those are tough classes. They are tough classes. And Bob is relentless. 2013, around that point in time, I was beginning to wonder What do I want to do to really leave a legacy, to leave my vocational career on a crescendo? And so I hired a coach myself at that time and talked to him about potential careers and floated around several of them. After a couple of meetings, it became clear to me I had one of those aha breakthrough moments. I looked him in the eye, pointed my finger at him and said, I want to do what you do become a coach. So I embarked upon that journey, late career in HR, went back to school, took some classes, eventually pursued certification and accreditation. And in 2017, transitioned from St. Louis to come come join you on the beautiful Emerald Coast of Florida. And we live just outside Destin in Santa Rosa Beach, hung out the shingle and became a coach continuing to do these other activities such as ESPN and teaching spinning classes, leading spinning classes. One thing right after I'd made that decision that had a significant influence was was October 17, 2014. It was on a Friday and I was getting ready to go from St. Louis to Norman, Oklahoma to work a college football game. And I done a spinning class. I was doing some lateral pull downs, 57 years old, in good shape. And all of a sudden the world went dark. I had no idea what happened until the next moment. There were paramedics above me asking me my date of birth, what my name was, commenting on me perspiring awfully heavily, which I said, I usually do that anyway. But just for precaution, I was taken to the to the hospital, examined, and kept over the weekend. That Monday, after some tests were run, it was announced to me, you're going to get filleted not once, but three times for triple bypass surgery. Disappointed, disillusioned, I guess were the words that went with that, but also determined. And I said, let's do it. Let's get it done. Called my wife up. She was living back and forth between St. Louis and Florida at that time and had surgery. About 10 days afterwards, I was feeling pretty good, but also a little bit depressed. I'm kind of like, I want to get back to what I have been doing exercise-wise, intellectually, back to college football, getting back to work. So from a determination standpoint, I just said, I'm not only going to get 
back to the condition I was in, but get into even better condition. And so really started walking a lot, exercising as soon as I was released to. But within five weeks after bypass surgery, I was back at the gym working out and seven weeks post-op uh, back teaching spinning classes once again. So that was a significant moment for me, Dave, because it was the influence I was sensing from the Holy Spirit that it's life is short and it's very fragile and very tenuous. And it's time to really get on with your plan of what you're going to do going forward. So although on the surface, that would seem like something I didn't want to have happen, and I would still agree with that, it was very influential and somewhat inspirational for me to, to move ahead with what the next chapters of life were going to be. So that takes us to 2021. We went through a COVID season last year where I grew and learned, learned a lot really had a successful year business-wise because so many people were looking for answers to what the direction was they were going to proceed in. And with all these things cobbled together, in addition to doing some writing for our local newspaper, I'm having more fun. I'm having more joy at 64 than I've ever had. Amen. That's what, that's what you want. Keep getting better every day until God takes you home. So, okay, well, let's do this. You covered a lot of ground. That's a great overview and summary, but let's try to dissect some of the parts of your life so the listeners can not only see how, what you achieved, but how you did it so they can too. So let's go back to there's so many people, you know, they say 70% plus of people today are, you know, dissatisfied with their life and their work, especially, and they're just kind of the walking dead. So for people who want, they're not afraid to work. They're not afraid to put in the effort, but they're trying to find their purpose and place in life, especially let's say professionally, you were working with a coach, but what were the practical steps and what was the process and the journey you were brought through to find your purpose and passion? So how can our listeners do that too? That's a great question, and let me start by making a delineation between coaching and counseling and therapy. First of all, counselors and therapists are wonderful. I've had rough patches in my own life where I've relied on their services, and they've really helped me get through those times, and I'm very appreciative of that. Coaching is for an individual that's not so much focused on what's happened in the past to get them to where they are now, but more where they want to get in the future. Coaching operates under the assumption that the individual has it within their psyche, within their mental processes, in their DNA, to know what it is that they want. A good coach is responsible for asking good, deep, and probing questions to get those answers out there and for the individual to reflect on that and to have their own aha moments of, I've never thought of it that way before, or I never considered that I might have a gift or a talent in that particular area. That's interesting. You should bring that up. And the client will go on to elaborate on that and say things like, you know, when I was in high school, I used to enjoy doing these kinds of things, building designing things. And 
somewhere along the way, I kind of lost that dream. I lost that passion. And they begin to think to themselves, what would it require to get back on that road again and pursue what it is that I really have a deep burning passion on uh, and deep burning passion for? What is the imprint I'm going to make on this world? They start thinking in very big terms, broad terms like that. How do I build a legacy that people will want to admire and they themselves be inspired by? So that's a surface level of where we may go in a coaching relationship, but maybe for the listeners gives them a little bit of an idea as to how effective a coach can be in terms of getting those kind of positive things out there. Yeah. And what you're doing as a coach, like you said, there's a definite difference between a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a counselor, a coach. There's, there's a great difference between all four of those categories, but what a professional coach is trying to do is just guide along the way to help them engage and find their passion. So if somebody was listening now, you'd say the first step is kind of go through a reflection of your life. If I'm hearing you correctly, and what were the things you really enjoyed and what were the, some of the things you just couldn't stand? Is that correct? Try to start dividing the eggs. Yeah. That's, that's right, Dave. And even before that, it's not uncommon that a meeting starts off with, what do you want? Not in the case of what do you want, but what is it that you want out of life, out of career? And like Bob Ross paints pictures, they start to paint a little bit of a vision as to, I want an environment in which I can thrive, in which I work around people who are encouraging, who are positive. And then I'll, I'll pick up on that. Well, what is positive and encouraging to you? I've got a friend named Sally, and she is always telling me how good I am at cooking or baking or a particular activity. And she really encourages me. I want to be around people that are like that. Where might you find people like that? Well, you know, I go to a church and people I talk to there or that way, my pastor is very encouraging and he says positive things. And so we probe a little bit deeper and deeper, but they're also painting that picture and getting the details as we go down that path. So that's often how a meeting will start off. What do you want? Or specifically on a particular meeting, what would be most meaningful for you for us to talk about today? And by the end of our time together, what are two things or three things or four things you want to have accomplished? Yeah, I think that's great advice. So if you're listening and if we're hearing Kirk Ryan, Kirk, you, you correct me if I'm wrong here, but like the Bible says, well, there's no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law is happy as he. So what Kirk is saying, you know, Ben Stein said is more of a joke, the indispensable first step out of getting what you want in life is knowing what you want, right? So what Kirk's saying is have that vision and it can always change, but have that vision and then reverse engineer the steps of what you need to do to get there. And then you know what to do today. Is that right, Kirk? Is that a summary that will work? And, and, and knowing what you want sometimes, I'll ask that question, what do you want? And the response can often be, I don't know. And the next question is, if you did know, what would it be? And then we're really going through some mental processing at that point. That's a challenge. 
It's a positive challenge, though, because it's operating from the standpoint they do know. You just have to give them a chance to get that verbiage out of their out of their yeah. mind. Yep, I agree. I think everybody knows the truth of everything in their heart, but sometimes there's some people who are so giving that they lose track of themselves and who they are. And there's other people who are just so passive. They just do whatever anybody tells them. So sometimes finding what you want is tough, right? I'm 44. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do when I grow up. I'm 64 and I'm still, I'm still searching for it. But it's one of the things I've learned is perpetually in search of that and the path the Holy Spirit wants to take us down, depending on what our faith uh, walk is like. And I know in my mind, he is nudging me on the shoulder more often than he ever has and said, son, you sure about this? I think so, Father. All right, well, let's talk some more. And those are the conversations, the prayers that I often have. Yeah, yeah. And for, I, I agree completely. And it's like, for me, it's been learn to enjoy the journey. And you don't need to know all the steps ahead. Just know the next step. And it's been also let me control things. Like God's been telling me and teaching me, Abba, my father, it's like, just let me be in control, Dave. Just enjoy the journey. So that's something that I've been personally learning and enjoying because as soon as I let go, man, life's so much better. Go go ahead. What were you going to say? God has has a good sense of humor. I wouldn't be here were it otherwise, but in our conversations, a lot of times I hear him chuckling and nodding his head and just kind of watching. And it's an intimacy of relationship along those lines, kind of like my dad sometimes would do when I was a youngster. He'd come in, kind of shake his head and smile and walk away. I get that same that, that, that same vibe from the, from Abba Father often. Yeah, no doubt. Right. So along those same lines, let's take the, the listeners. We've got a great community and I love our, our, our friends that are listening to this right now all over the world. You made a great statement. You said sometimes you struggle, you know, with your own, but you had a plan and you're moving forward and you're going to achieve that goal. And next thing you know, you black out and you wake up and they're like, asking you these questions, right? Then you made a good point. You know, your plan was derailed and you start getting depressed. We all fall into that at times, even the most positive of us. So what did you do in practical steps again? One, two, three, to get yourself snapped out of that negative mindset and back into the right mindset so you could find peace and joy in your new journey. Good question, Dave. And for me, and and for probably many of our listeners, it can be a lifetime struggle. It's a condition that those of us that have clinical depression have. And at times, even in the midst of my joy, it'll rear its ugly head and I'll get down on myself and think that I'm not of value, think I'm not of worth but I have some tools that maybe I didn't have in the past. One of the best ones for me is exercise. Take time away from where you are right now. Go out and ride your bike. That's when I have my prayer time. I have my conversations. I can get away from 
kind of the trapped or claustrophobic feeling I have at that point in time. Go out and enjoy nature. We're fortunate to live in Northwest Florida where the weather is mild almost year round. We can go out and, and exercise and take part in those kinds of things, or even go for a walk in the woods. We abut a state forest here and I'll take the dog out. And that's when I do a lot of my writing, a lot of my contemplations. And I found that to be sanctuary. Give yourself permission to do things, the limiting beliefs in your mind of, oh, I'm no good. All right, Lord, what are you trying to teach me through this moment in time? I had a counselor years ago. He said something very wise to me. I was in a dark place and I said, I feel so much so lost in, in the wilderness at this time. And I'm really talking to God a lot. Help me, God, I need you. The counselor said to me, so you're close to God. I said, yeah, you're in the wilderness. Yeah. If you're close to God, where else would you want to be? And that Oof. really resonated. Yeah. Yeah. It's so powerful and so true. And I God never does anything to harm us. It's only because he loves us and it's going to make it better. And sometimes like, you know, Joseph, we don't understand the journey, even if it's years, but it always benefits us. And if we can be with, with our Lord and Savior, man, that's great. But like you said, sometimes you don't realize it until somebody points it out, right? Mm -hmm. And I think back at 57 when I had my health episode, and if I was not in the gym, at the right place at the right time, we likely would, be, would not be having this conversation right now. But that's the fragility of life. And I got another opportunity. And suffering is what scares me. But death, I'm not afraid of that. That will come for all of us at some point in time. And uh, we're, we're going to go to glory. And uh, I'm excited about what's ahead with that. And seeing people and what they're doing and asking questions because I love to ask questions, but then likely realizing when I get there to ask the questions, the questions don't matter anymore. So it's exciting to think about. Now we have listeners all over the world, tons of different worldviews. I'm going to, I want to say two things that I want you to explain how you have that assurance. So think, be thinking about that while I'm saying this. I counsel with Rob Jackson. He was a guest in one of our earlier seasons. And the guy is just such a godly man. And he's really helped me in my journey. And he said one thing that when you were talking about those, what's the word? Not self-deprecating. Well, it can be self-deprecating. But the negative thoughts we have about ourselves, the thoughts that beat us up. And he told me, shut up. He's like, sometimes that's spiritual warfare. And he asked me, what is it saying? You know, like, what do I hear in my head that I've heard since a child? And he's, and I was like, you know, I don't want to say this. I don't want to have to have an explicit episode, but basically you're worthless. You're no good, this, that. And he's like, okay. He's like, it's very interesting that you're using the word your or you. He's like, the enemy can put thoughts in our head and torment us. And you, there's a difference between, you know, possession and oppression. But as a Christian, Satan even put thoughts in Jesus' head and Jesus denied it. You know, 
get thee behind me, Satan. And he quoted scripture. But what Rob said to me that I found in my life that was super freeing and helpful was I used to say, I didn't say I stink or I am worthless. I always heard you. So now when I hear those voices, I just speak truth back and be like, that's a lie. And when I can, I'm going to punch you in the, you know, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to go, you know, if God gives me the privilege, I want, it talks about it in Romans, we're going to be able to step on his face. You know what I mean? I think it's Romans 1 16 or the last chapter of Romans verse 16, but it says that Satan's a serpent and we're going to be able to step on his face. And I can't wait for that moment. But that's something that helped me that if you're listening out there with what Kirk is saying and what I'm saying, hopefully it helps you. And then another thing is Kirk and I both, it sounds like have struggled with depression and like different ups and downs through our whole life. And I've never shared this publicly, but just last year, at the end of last year, I got genetic testing. A doctor who's fantastic. And I want to say her name on air, but she found something that even when I went to the Mayo Clinic for other issues, they never found and it came to be that I have a genetic deficiency in my brain where I physically don't absorb nutrients. So she's got me on this. It's, it's a pharmaceutical supplement, whatever. And it's really helping me. And those super, super lows, like, I don't know, Kirk, if you are on any kind of medicine or supplements to help, but I used to be steadfastly against medicine. That's wrong. And now I'm learning. And again, Rob helped me with this. My physician helped me with this. There's a balance. And that I physically, medically can't absorb nutrition in my brain. And my levels were below like zero. Like it was just like non-existent for some things. And now that I'm taking this supplement, I'm not having those depressive lows. I feel happier. It's easier to pull myself. Like you said, exercise, right? How important is exercise? Mm -hmm. But when we're depressed, we just want to stay in bed and be lazy, right? Be miserable. Well, now those aren't there. So you suck it up, buttercup, and get out and go exercise. And what's crazy is the things we don't want to do are what gives us the most pump. So I agree with everything you said. But I do have the question before we get on to your hope. Have you ever had the genetic testing where it checked the levels in your head to see if there was a nutritional deficiency? I have not. And of course, when I reflect back on my 64 years and I look at my family of origin with so much can be genetically predisposed, I suspect my dad may have had some of those genes and, you know, I got that and I got my artery challenges, my heart challenges from him and my mom as well. But I have not had that. But I think back on life and times, even as an adolescent, that I was quite sad about things, not feeling good. Self-esteem was low. And it was likely episodes of that, which we would call sadness then. And nowadays we have medicines and other ways to, to help alleviate and relieve some of that. Yeah. So I'm just, like I said, everybody's different and you need to go to God first and the physicians and find the balance and your counselor, all three need to work together. It's like business. And, and Kirk, you're the perfect person to understand this. If you're in business and you ask an accountant a question about what you should do, they're going to give you the accounting perspective, but mm -hmm. you could ask that same question to an attorney and they're going to give you a completely different answer because legally there's repercussions. So that's mm -hmm. why when you're working with your health as the listener, 
you need to listen to your counselor. You need to listen to your physician. You need to listen to yourself because God put the Holy Spirit in you as a Christian and greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And with that said, you made a great thing. People are afraid of public speaking and death. <laughs> Those are like told to be the two greatest <laughs> fears in life. How did you, Kirk, overcome the fear of death? Talk about that. When I realized intellectually, Dave, that as a, as, as a faith follower, I'm going to have life eternal according to what I read in my faith, what scripture has said. And it's like this past weekend, if Jesus is not who he said he is, he says he is, we've wasted a lot of time. And I don't believe that we've wasted time in pursuing that because of what the gospel says, because the real things that happen. I heard a pastor, for those that have questions about faith, say that from a scientific standpoint, the possibility of the 35 miracles that Jesus performed, those specific miracles taking place is less than the probability of finding one milliatom in the universe. That's pretty convincing. I, I, I would go with the odds on that. I don't know about Gonzaga or Baylor, but I would go with those odds at least. National title game tonight. Yeah. And hey, just so the audience I, knows too, what he referred to as this weekend, Kirk and I are recording this April 5th, right after Resurrection Sunday, what most people call Easter. This may not air for six or eight weeks, but just so you know, that's the right. frame of reference. So, Right. Thanks for, thanks for bringing that up. So I've got that assurance, but what my fear is, as many of us, I want to end up in a debilitated state. I don't want to have pain. I don't want to have suffering. I don't want to have people as kind of a macho guy come and wait on me. That may not be my choice. And it could be my ministry at some point in time to accept that. I knew a woman who had not one, not two, but three bouts of cancer. And each time people would come to her home, they'd bring food, they'd sit with her, they'd talk to her. At first, she was reluctant to accept that help, but then she realized, I'm ministering to them because they're getting to share their spirit with me and comfort me. And it's kind of opposite of how we think it may be. So we don't have tomorrow guarantee. We may be here. We may have gone, gone on to be with our maker, or we may have an illness that comes up for a period of time or for a longer period of time than we would want. But there's a ministry opportunity regardless of what our physical or even mental condition may be. Yes, exactly. And for those of you who are listening, you're like, what are Kirk and Dave talking about? The Bible is for everybody. And it's cover to cover, 100% truth. And wherever you are in the world, whatever worldview you grew up in, every time you go to the scripture, it's truth. And the Bible makes it clear. It doesn't matter who you are, what nation you're from, what culture you're from. It says, by faith you save through grace. And it says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
So if you believe that Jesus is our Savior and died for our sins, and you ask him to save you, he absolutely will, 100%, zero question, and you can have that same assurance and that confidence that Kirk and I have. And it doesn't matter if you die or not. Like Kirk said, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm like, let me die. I'll get to go to eternity with God, right? That's a good thing. No more of this junk down here. But God's got you. And if you have any questions about that, there'll be links in the show notes to Kirk and I. And if you have any questions, reach out at any point. And there's a whole video about it on my website, davidpasqualone.com. And again, you can check that out. And Kirk, if you have any resources, we'll put those in the show notes. But once you get that, we're only here for a blip. We're here for like, 80 years maybe on average and after that we have eternity so let's have a good one and not burn in hell forever right or burn like a fire <laughs> all right all right so we covered a lot of ground and we went to 2021 between your birth and 2021 kirk did we miss anything significant you want to talk about or do you want to transition us into where you are today we probably missed some things that I don't want to talk about. So let's just transition <laughs> on. <laughs> All right, then where's Kirk today and where are you going? You've just helped us for 45, 50 minutes. How can we, excuse me, how can we help you get where you're going next? Again, Dave, I'm so blessed and I'm having more fun than I've ever had. These sacred intersections I talked about earlier in our conversation. Who am I meet? Who am I going to run in? Who is the Lord going to put in my path? Much like the nine-year-old kid I met who introduced me to basketball, the 75-year-old Bob who introduced me to spinning classes, Tom, who I also knew in St. Louis that said, hey, there's a bike ride across Iowa. Would you like to join us? And I went on to do that 10 times and he got booked on, on cycling. Who is he going to put in my pathway and what do I do with that? And that's a message for each of us. I love Mitch Albom's book, The Five People You Meet in Heaven. These people along the way that I believe God drops in our midst for us to learn something about, for them to have influence in our life. And it's just for an instance. And how many variables have to come together in order to allow that and to make that take place. So that has to do with my coaching business or really everything I do. I have a certain clientele that I, by mission, am pursuing people such as myself who are older and looking to make that next step towards legacy building. I don't quite want to retire, but I want to move on to something else. And younger people, because I was 22, 23, year old, 23 years old at one time myself, what am I going to do with my life? How do I go about doing it? So people are right out of school, career seekers, uh, looking for something where they can make an imprint. Those are my focus clientels. Who do I have? Those and everybody in between. Executives, people that are maybe floundering career-wise. I'm not happy with that, with what, with what I'm doing. People in career transition, searching for something else, something different to do. So the way people can help me is, one, if you're interested in 
seeking your highest self-fulfillment, your best version of yourself, developing a plan and then executing that plan. Let's have a brief conversation and we can talk about that, a sneak preview, if you will, of what coaching can do. I'm a member of the International Coaching Federation and their estimate is that the return on the investment in coaching is something to the order of 570%. I know the market's doing well right now, but that's a real darn good investment. And my expectation when I meet some outstanding clients is they're going to exceed that in terms of a new job, a new career, a new thought process, a new discovery about themselves. So I would love listeners that have interest to contact me, and I'll give you the information on that in just a moment. And let's have a brief chat and learn more about how you can help me by allowing me the privilege of listening to your story. And secondly, having me listen to what you have to say. Yeah, absolutely. So how what's the best way our listeners can get a hold of you? So I'm going to put in the show notes too, but for those just listening, how it's the best way for them to reach you, Kirk? Well, my website is theseedsowercoach.com and a little bit of a story on the seed sower. It's got two meanings. One, I've been a gardener for years and years and trying to grow things in Florida sand is a challenge, but I'm not giving that up. Secondly, the gospel of Luke in Chapter 8, verse 15, talks about seed planting. The seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a good crop. I view my clients as being those kernels, which impact there's so, there's so much life that's in there. I have to have work in, 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 in planting that in good soil to allow the chance to nourish you and to grow you into something that is going to feed and sustain others. So theseedsowercoach.com, my email address is kirk at theseedsowercoach.com. Phone number, send me a text message, 314-677-8779 or give me a call as well. Those are the best ways for us to get in contact. Well, Kirk, it's been a true honor and pleasure. I've really enjoyed listening and our dialogue. I hope if you have anything that we can help you with, please let us know. And like I said earlier, is there anything else that we want to touch on that we missed or skipped that you want to discuss before we close this episode out? In my, at my website, I want to encourage, post a number of blogs out there, communiques, and they speak to a lot of different topics related to coaching, some faith, sports. Give it a look. There may be something there that speaks to you and what's going on to your life that even if we don't have the honor of touching base with each other, Maybe there's a kernel of wisdom that can be gleaned there. I also put those blogs out on my LinkedIn site. LinkedIn, link in with me. I'd love to meet you and, again, start up a conversation. But, Dave, it's been my utmost pleasure to, one, meet you, and, secondly, take this journey of faith with you as well. 
That was kind of an unexpected surprise, but a lovely one. And so, sir, I really appreciate that. Oh, man. No, it's been my honor and pleasure. And I mean, I don't ever get to meet a lot of our audience, right? So if you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube, come up to Kirk and I, if you see us, man, because we love you and we're here for you. But to meet you, Kirk, it's been fantastic and truly remarkable. You're a remarkable guy. And I'm looking forward to continuing the friendship, especially since you're right down the road, especially once they fix our bridge, right? Yeah. When we, when we get the high 98 bridge fixed, we can actually meet in Gulf Breeze. How about that? That's it. That sounds great. So listen, as the listener, we love you. And like our slogan says, don't just listen to this great information that Kirk brought you today, but do it, repeat it for a great life in this short life and in the next fraternity. I'm David Pasqualone. We just had the privilege of meeting with our friend Kirk. Stick around for a couple more minutes for the special offer. And you might just have something waiting for you to really enjoy. Have a great day and we'll see you next week after the special offer. Ciao. Hey friends, thanks for hanging out for one more minute. Kirk himself has a remarkable offer for you that you are going to enjoy. So Kirk, take it away, my friend. Here's what I want to say, Dave, in coaching. It's getting the type of coach that's going to work effectively with you. We have so many different personalities and people that we have a high amount of esprit de corps with and others we don't. But this is what I do in my coaching practice. Anybody who is considering coaching, I'm available for a half hour initial consultation free of charge. There's no cost involved to learn what coaching is and what it may be able to do for you. So again, you've got my contact information. Give me a call, write me an email, send me a text, and I'd love to meet up with you and have that conversation, have that opportunity for a conversation. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Kirk. And ladies and gentlemen, sometimes when people get something for free, they don't value it. But for a coach to give you their time, especially one that's qualified like Kirk, that's a great blessing. Take advantage of it. Take up the offer and see what you can do with it. Don't take that lightly because I'm not going to lie. For me, I don't usually do free coaching calls. I usually charge about $129 an hour. So for <laughs> Kirk to say he's going to do it for free, take advantage of it and use it and use that time to glorify God. All right. I'm David Pasqualone. This is Kirk. You're you. Have a great life. We'll see you next week. And thanks for listening to the Remarkable People podcast. Ciao. The Remarkable People podcast. Check it out. Remarkable People Podcast. Listen, do, repeat for life.